0: Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Hello, 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 and welcome, folks. Okay, we've got a big show today, and we're opening up with the biggest part of it. Uh, I have a whistleblower, wonderful, wonderful lady. She's a doctor of pharmacy very, very, very highly educated, brilliant lady who came to me a while back and needed some help. She needed help essentially uh, because she was facing issues. She worked in a hospital and the hospital wanted her to push certain drugs and, and to sign off on certain drugs that hastened death. Now, I'll let her talk about this a little bit, but hastening death, what does hastening death mean? so if you're in palliative care if you're uh, in a position where you may or may not be dying and I give you a drug that hastens death what it means is it makes you die faster you know what else makes you die faster folks if I shoot you when I take if my dog is dying and I take it to the vet and they they kill it they put it down so hastening death is if you're you're wondering to me is very akin to murder very very akin to that so understand that this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal, especially when we look at it in light of these COVID protocols, right? So you have a situation where there's some bad things happening. Won't allow ivermectin, won't allow hydroxychloroquine, but they're going to use drugs that they know will hasten death in a way that is hastening it. Really? So I'm going to let uh, my, my friend here tell you some of this story, but I want to bring her on. Uh, her name is Adrini. And without further ado, here we go.
1: Hey Adrini. Hey, Tom.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be on your program today.
0: Well, not as excited as I am to have you. Uh, you know, for the people watching, I'll tell. So So this takes a long time, right? A lot of times people come to me and they're like, you know, I got this information. I wanted to get it out there tomorrow and I'm going to save the world. And it's like, Adrini, how long have we been working together?
1: For Six, a while. Eight yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It takes a long time, and God bless Adrini for her patience because we have to go through. We have to verify. We have to decide what the legal impact is. Can we file a case? Which case do we file? How do we file it? Where do we file it? Um, you know, it's not just telling a story on the news. There's a lot that goes into this if you want to do it well. So it takes us some time, and I'm very grateful. Uh, for your patience and, and all that you've done to really fight to get this out there. But before we get into what this is, let's talk about you. Uh, mm-hmm. So I met this wonderful lady who's got the sweet Southern accent uh, mm-hmm. uh, quite some time ago, and Adrini was uh, looking to get some information out. Uh, but Adrini, uh, let's be real clear here. So you are you a right-wing crazy activist?
1: No, I'm not. Did,
0: have you, did you invade the Capitol on January 6th? I did not. Okay. Um, have you ever considered an insurrection against the United States?
1: Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you mean
0: you're kind of just a regular person?
1: Yes, I'm a regular person.
0: Okay. A regular person. What five kids. <laughs> <laughs> Mom,
1: wife? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mom, wife, and five kids. Beautiful. Oh, my kid. God.
0: I got two. Five sounds like I need a beer. Right. Um, so, so mom of five, wife, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. And I think this is important. I want everybody to hear this because Adrini is, she's one of us, folks. You know, we're, we're just we the people. And it's we the people that are going to get our freedom. And I want you to understand who Adrini is. She's one of us. So t- tell us a little bit. I mean, are, you, you come from a Silver Spoon family. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's going on?
1: I come from two great people, my mom and my daddy. Uh, My dad, my daddy is a retired Air Force sergeant. Uh, My mom immigrated here from the Philippines over 50 years ago with a big dream, big American dream of God, family and country and just respecting our freedom. She just when she came over here, even bringing me up all through the years, she just you, you have this freedom, embrace it. So I am, you know, I'm from Alabama, Lower Alabama, Dothan, Alabama, Um, went to Sanford University for Pharmacy School. I graduated in 2004. I've been practicing for 18 years as a pharmacist. Uh, And you you covered I'm a a mom of five. Um, So in my background, I have I trained at University of Alabama at Birmingham Hospital for about eight and a half years. I had extensive training in the NICU and critical care. And I also covered pulmonary and ortho and mom and babies. So it's my, my clinical job covered a third of the hospital and you're looking at a hospital, about 12, 1200 patients, about 1200 patients there. So we split it up into like, we had three clinical pharmacists. So I covered that. So I had a lot of training with the different populations, especially at night. Um, and then I decided to go into pharma. I had a calling for research. Um, so, I left UAB hospital and went to pharma and worked with Novartis and then later Merck as a medical affairs director. I provided clinical and research support. So I'm real familiar with the phase three trials and recruiting different sites and looking at the criteria to see if it fits with the protocol for the studies for the clinical trials. So I have that expertise. And then I got to where I was in pharma that I was like, I missed that clinical that patient one-on-one, you know, because when I was in pharma, I didn't practice as a pharmacist. It was more the research, the clinical trials, get it, being that medical affairs director, that the expert on the, the the disease. So I covered infectious disease, heart failure, and critical care in pharma. So when I had that uh, yearning to get back to hospital, that's when I applied back to Ascension because, to become a clinical pharmacist there. But that's just a nut, uh, just a, simplified version of just in my past and my experience there tom
0: right right well and one of the things i want to point out is you're not just a pharmacist; you actually have a doctorate in pharmacy
1: that is correct that is so correct.
0: so uh experience and knowledge in drug tests and and uh trials clinical trials other such things evaluating drugs i mean so, I mean, it's safe to say that you you would qualify as an expert in any sane person's book on about anything that there is related to drugs right now. I'll say that you don't have to. Um, uh, you know, so this is really important, folks, really important. Now, here's what else is important. So, Adrini, I hope you don't mind me talking about this. But when you came to me and asked for help on this, we talked about your desire to get the truth out about what's happening, because you, and it was tough, right? You've you've worked in these places and and you felt attacked, you felt this, you felt that, but it's not. It wasn't an easy decision for you to come out and speak out and to do all this, was it?
1: No, it wasn't. It was not at all.
0: There was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of people pushing you, and uh, you know, you really, you really. I'm going to speak. You know, I watched Hadrini. She was going through a real personal beating on this. And I want you guys to understand everybody says, well, why aren't people speaking out? Why aren't they speaking out? Well, because they go through hell when they even think about it. When they bring this up with their superiors, their friends, with people that they trust, they go through hell. They're attacked, they're ostracized, they're treated badly. And in fact, uh, that's kind of what happened to you. I don't want to go into any great details, but when you brought up concerns, about what was happening in the hospitals with relation to certain drugs and certain protocols and COVID. I mean, that didn't go well, did it?
1: No, it didn't. I was treated uh, like I was exaggerating and it's not a big deal.
0: From, from a person who has a PhD in pharmacy, who is by any and all accounts, one of the top experts you're going to find, uh, you know, who, who's telling these guys, Hey, there's a problem with these drugs. And they say, well, you're just, you're just kidding. Okay. Um, it's pretty callous disregard for, for your expertise, in my opinion. Um, so I want people to understand also, and we're being, there's litigation on this, right? So, so we're going to talk about certain aspects of this, but we're being very careful how we're talking about it. Um, Understand that there's litigation because at the end of the day, what happened was, is Adrini asked. It was her belief, as an expert and a pharmacist, that what she was being asked to okay in terms of drug usage, was hastening death. Is that correct, Adrini?
1: That is correct.
0: And so Adrini said, "Listen, I can't hasten death. I don't think it's moral." I don't think it's right. It's against my religious beliefs. It's not acceptable. Can I have an exemption, a religious exemption, from prescribing drugs that hasten death? Is that correct?
1: No. um, Actually, what happened was I requested uh, for IT, or actually a religious accommodation, because this is something that hits the hospital, hospital hospital-wide, not just one unit. I had asked for the safety parameters, dose escalation protocols, and max doses to be entered in with IT, with a computer system, because as is the orders, medication orders, if I was to testify in a court of law, it would kill. And just from my experience with um, some nursing issues, like, don't want to get dig too deep into it, but meeting a, a nurse that hastened death on just hastened death. He did it on purpose, and having no safety protocols, parameters, max doses just to protect the patient. I wasn't asking to delete the orders. I was asking to put safety protocols on it: dose escalation instructions, max doses to protect the patient. And they, I, they told me flat no. I had requested. Uh, just a religious accommodation for I.T., not just me, because anywhere you go, I would have to deal with these orders like I I would have to address them. And it's against my faith. So I had to address this as a hospital as a whole to protect the patients because it no matter where I went, I, I couldn't get an exemption with I mean, I couldn't handle these orders without the clarification, if that makes sense. Right, but because it was it was falling everywhere.
0: Well, the orders ultimately hasten death. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: And and in a roundabout way, uh, that was that was where your discomfort stemmed from, is you just you were asking that you not be required to do something that was going to hasten death,
1: right? And to make adjustments to the computer system.
0: Right. So that, so that that wasn't occurring. Um,
1: That's correct. so
0: with that, the response you got was no. Is that correct? We're not going to adjust any of this.
1: Uh, the first response was ignore me and not provide me updates at all. Just keep me out of the process. Keep me out of loops. Even though we're still giving you orders, sending out the medication orders to get verified by all the pharmacists, um we're just going to keep you we're just going to ignore you so i kept on pushing 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 for updates uh finally through a couple meetings the big meeting in may that's when i requested a religious accommodation to get it to adjust and put safety parameters and max doses because i couldn't verify the orders as is i would be killing a patient if i verified the orders as is and they flat out told me no that I would have to call on each and every order with a nurse practitioner or the the physician to get everything adjusted. Yeah, so knowing wanna... that there are nurses in the in the hospital that hasten death, so it's more well, why do religion... they know that? what why now did they what know that? You
0: know? How did you or did they know that there were that there were people hastening death?
1: I know that because I spoke to one of the nurses one morning when I was when I was opening one morning on the floor, I work on the unit and he was totally upset because the night nurse didn't do her job. And I was like, and I questioned him. I said, why, why are you so mad? I mean, what do you mean she didn't do her job? And he basically said that she didn't go up on the morphine drip and take care of business. Now he has to do it and he has to take care of it. So I, I, at that point, yeah, at that point, I didn't know that nurses did that. I, ha- I did have a concern about the morphine drip, the old palliative care, because it's there it was a lot of freedom there. And with covid being um, with covid being in the hospital and aff- affecting visitation policies and family not being there, it created a concern. But when he when I encountered this um, situation with this nurse, it made me even more vigilant. To, to protect the patient because this is happening um, and there has to be safety for our patients. They have to know when they come to a hospital, they're going to be protected and cared for and their and well, family members knowing that they are going to be taken care of.
0: Well, and I want everybody to understand. So we actually have, and you have audio recordings of, of at least one nurse talking about the fact that they knew they were c- killing patients. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. And
0: so we, we actually have audio recordings. And folks, I want you to hear what I'm saying here. My client asked for a religious accommodation that would basically exempt her from having to deal with blanket orders to murder people. That's my words, not hers. The hospital ignored her, but then said no. Let's think about that. Now, we've been hearing rumors and all sorts of stuff for quite some time that the hospitals were denying ivermectin, denying hydroxychloroquine, denying early treatment, denying this, denying that. But we now have a firsthand witness who was ignored and ostracized for requesting that hospitals take steps to not hasten death, or at least that she not be directly required to do that in a blanket way. Folks, I'm going to tell you that it's my belief that this was coordinated on a very high level from a lot of places. And uh, I think we have some real questions to ask ourselves. When we have a a doctor of pharmacy with the clinical experience that a has who's saying to them, hey, what you're doing is hastening death, and they basically blow it off. There's an issue here, right? There's an issue. Adriani, how did how did this? I mean, how did it feel to go to work and to deal with this? To know that this is what's going on. I mean, what what kind of a situation that had to be hell on you?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, it was so much hell that I had to find the priest there for a confession. Um, it was very. It, it was very difficult. It was hell on wheels. Um, just dreading going, okay, are those orders going to pop up? What am I going to do? Um, yes, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot to handle and to go to, to dread, to go to work each day. And then to feel when I left, I mean, there's these poor patients and their family members not realizing that these things were being done and they had no clue about it. So yes, it, 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 it was a lot. It it was hell.
0: Well, and I want everybody to understand, we've got a lot more information related to this case, some very, very shocking information. We have a lot of things that point to a very systemic issue here. And I'm not going to reveal it all right now. There's going to be a lot more coming out on this as time goes forward. But we have to we have to make sure that this is handled properly. This is in court right now. And uh, we're going to be working to make sure that that Adrini sees justice on this. But in the meantime, just so that everybody knows, despite all of the problems that this has caused her, uh, the one thing that Adrini told me when this started, and I will never forget this because, and I do remember this conversation so vividly, I said, well, I said, as I say to many people, I said, well, what do you want to do with this? And Adrini wanted to make this public because she felt that by telling this story, it could save lives. We're telling the story. We've got it in court. we have got to have it all submitted under oath. We have recordings. We have more evidence than you could possibly imagine, some of it pointing to a very systemic problem. Stay tuned, ladies and gents. The hospital killing fields were a real thing, and they're something that we have to fight against. And praise God for Adrini's strength, her spirit. And I hope everybody will pray for her. Pray for her and her family. Uh, Adrini, I will tell you, one of the most amazing things that happens is I got a lot of people that will pray for us, and boy, you'll feel it. And I'm hoping to God that as this runs around the internet that you feel those prayers because the, I do believe that your uh, your courage will save a lot of lives, and I appreciate you coming on with us.
1: Thank you, Tom.
0: Well, we will, we're will. we going to take a little break, and uh, after this we'll come back and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this nightmare, but thank thank you all for listening.
3: Pick up a bottle for you and your family today.
0: Welcome back, folks. I mean, what can I say about that first segment? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We have a whistleblower. She worked in a woman who worked in pharma, PhD in pharmacy, about as credible a person as you could possibly find had to request a religious exemption against having to to issue blanket orders to hasten death. Folks, okay, so uh, I'm not licensed in Alabama. Uh, I'm working with local counsel on Adrini's case in Alabama. And so, you know, I'm not going to go into the, the nuance of the criminal law down there, but in many states, I can just tell you uh, hastening death is murder. It's murder, folks. I mean, you've got you've got a a person who's who is witness to a nurse who was grumpy because the person he came in for didn't finish off a patient. We've got recordings. We have massive amounts of data and paperwork. Now, I don't know, folks. You know, everybody said that, well, it's just speculation. There's no proof. No, there's proof. I got the evidence. And if you think Adrini's is the only evidence I have, uh, no, no. There's a lot more out there. But we need more people to come forward. Adrini's a stinking hero. I mean, she is a hero. This sweet lady, I mean, I don't know. If you listened to that previous segment and uh, you didn't catch, she is the nicest, kindest woman I've ever ran across. Just a wonderful lady. Uh, she, like I said, mom of five. For God's sake, she ought to be a saint. I, mean, I can barely handle two. Uh, yeah, daughter of immigrants, of that. I mean, just live in life. Yeah, but she had to put it all on the line, all on the line. And was retaliated against for doing so. All because she didn't believe in murdering people. Folks, our healthcare system is no longer about treating or making you better. When it came to COVID, it was not. It was about getting that that extra money that they got for every COVID death. It was about hastening so you can get the next one in and build up those COVID death numbers. That way they can convince you to buy these mRNA jabs, you know, the gene therapy jabs, which, you know, we didn't get into, but Adrini who worked for pharmaceuticals, has a PhD in pharma, knows everything there is, also requested an exemption from. Why would someone like that request an exemption? The Stanford-educated pharmacist? What, she doesn't know what she's doing? Maybe she's a conspiracy theorist. Is that it? Oh, wait a second, folks. It might have been a conspiracy theory right up to the point that we have the recordings and the paperwork and everything else. There's nothing conspiracy theory about this. When McCullough was spending a bunch of time early on talking about, well, why are they denying early treatment? Well, I can tell you why they were denying early treatment. It was all part of the same thing. Boost the death numbers. Get the get the extra money from the deaths. That's a pretty big charge, isn't it, folks? Doesn't that sound mind-blowing? You had just heard me say that they were boosting their death numbers so they get the extra payment and that they were intentionally hastening deaths. That's a pretty shocking statement. But that's what I said. That's what I think was happening. And I have witness and, and audio evidence demonstrating it. Now, we're going to we're gonna release that recording coming up. We're going to release a recording, I think. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but we have a recording of a nurse talking about hastening death and how that was the job and this, that and another we've got a whole bunch of stuff now i want to kind of lay this out i want to put some context in this so we talk about yeah there's a lot of cases out there on remdesivir and of this that and other and i've talked to drini about all of this stuff and she's got some very very brilliant perspective on the whole thing and yes remdesivir is absolutely dangerous and killed a lot of people in terms of the lawsuits though remdesivir has got a lot of immunity built in where there's no immunity that I can think of or that there's at least ways around. First of all, that immunity that these guys have does not apply to intentional acts. Well, let me ask you something, folks. If you're using known drugs, known drugs, old drugs, drugs that have been out there for a long time, and you're letting them use any dose they want, you're letting them OD people, Or you're using them in conjunction with other drugs that they shouldn't be used with. And and that's, you know, there's well-known side effects, well-known dosages that you shouldn't exceed. And they're they're using it anyways. Uh, doesn't that sound intentional, folks? What about when you weren't feeding or hydrating people? That seems pretty intentional to me, doesn't it? I would say that's a, a pretty clear example of intent. Uh the remdesivir lawsuits are important and we, we need to address the fact that remdesivir is a murder drug. But I'd recommend though that we to any attorneys that are out there looking that they look into whether or not these remdesivir lawsuits ought to be a little bit broader. Look at the whole protocol. Look at whether there was any other forms of malpractice committed that may show intent. Or an alternative form of malpractice that isn't covered because it's you, you know, uh, not related necessarily to COVID. There's some case law out there on that. I'm giving these given these tips out because I want people suing these hospitals for what they've done. What's occurred here is shocking and horrific. We have got to put an end to this. McCullough was right. They were denying early treatment. What no one wants to talk about is why. No one wants to talk about the reality. What Adrini just did is shed some light on that. Hastening death. These guys knew they were hastening death. Folks, what's the difference if I OD you on some sort of a morphine cocktail or I came in with a, a shot of fentanyl and gave you too much, as a you know, legal street drug, drug gave it to you and you died? What's the difference whether a nurse ODs you on morphine or someone in the street ODs you on a different drug, both hasten death. There's no difference. If you hasten death, you're murdering, in my opinion. Okay, now whether that applies under the law depends on the state and a lot of other things, but I think there's more than enough states where we need to ask ourselves, was death hastened? Now there's different phases of this too, right? So when we talk about COVID treatment, COVID treatment starts, you know, the second you get in there, and they do these different things. They put it on these different types of air and forced air and different things like that. They give you this remdesivir poison along with other things. They don't give you enough of the proper drugs that they could use to treat this. They withhold those. They withhold ivermectin. They withhold hydroxychloroquine. And they instead keep you on these poisons that that are terrible. And uh, then they move on. And as you go through these different stages of treatment, that are all designed to weaken you and make you worse and to set you up for the next one, you eventually end up on what's called palliative care, where they're, in many cases, using known cocktails of drugs in excessive amounts that will hasten death. Hastening death equals murder, in my opinion. Okay? It's just that simple. Now, we've got doctors and nurses, whose job it is to do no harm, doing that. Does hastening death sound like doing no harm? Where are the medical boards? The medical boards were pushing this. Association of State Medical Boards was pushing this. Let me look uh, over in my handy little stack here. I have a a group. We have this. And I need to... um, We have this information. Uh, This group... Shots Heard Round the World. Have you heard of them? ShotsHeard.org. ShotsHeard is a group that's out there. They're doxing, they're harassing, they're filing ethics complaints, they're filing complaints against the licenses of doctors and nurses, and they're pushing these death jabs. You might want to look into their funding and see who's funding them, seeing how they're getting the money. They're harassing people like Adrini, they're harassing doctors and nurses who would speak out about this. You want to know why there's so a few Adrini's? Because do you think that there's another hospital that would be interested in hiring her now that she's actually spoken about the fact that uh, that she doesn't want to murder people? There should be. In any sort of a sane world, everyone on this planet would be beating the door down for her advice. But instead, what we have is hospitals that will blackball her because of this. We have groups like Heard around the world, shotsheard.org that are out there harassing nurses and doctors, America's frontline nurses, ask them about these people. Ask them about Team Halo. Ask them about these monsters out there. See, Soros and his crew, The Who, WEF, Big Pharma, all these guys, they fund all these different groups out there. The purpose of these groups is to attack people and to keep them silent, to silence them and to censor them and to intimidate them. I don't get too intimidated, folks. I don't care what they do. They want to march in front of my house. That's fine. If they come into my house, I'm going to shoot them because uh, you break into my house and make me feel threatened and I have to use deadly force to defend my house. I have no problem with that. Um, It would be to defend my family and their life. You know, you can't defend property with deadly force. But if my, my life feels threatened, well, or my family's life feels threatened, trust me, I got no problem using it. Folks, these guys don't intimidate me. Not, not one bit. But you know that's their job. They try. That's their goal. They want to intimidate people into silence. They don't care. They're going to go after your license. They're going to go after this. They're going to go after that. You know, I mean, these guys do every dirty trick you can. I can't even tell you how much I've had to deal with over the over the years. Um, but we need you to find courage. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists. We need you to find courage. If you want to speak out and if you've got hard evidence, you find a way to get a hold of me. If your story's good and if it's strong and if we can do anything with it, you know, we'll help you get it out and we'll make sure that you get as much protection as we can provide. But we've got to have people doing what Adrini does. Adrini is a hero, an absolute hero. Imagine this mom, this daughter, this wife. Imagine her speaking out against the establishment in such a massive way. Now, she didn't just say it. She's got audio. She's got all sorts of recordings. She's got tons of paperwork. She brought the goods, okay? We got the first one. We found the first person with, with the courage to do this. Now we need to continue finding more. We need to get more people going. We got to get people out there who are just re- ready to fight this. Uh Think about this, folks. Think about this. You you put your loved one in the hospital, and you think that they're coming out. You leave next day, they're dead, and you've got a uh, a nurse in there who's talking to someone else about how you know he's glad that uh, he's glad that that the night nurse did her job. He's glad that the night nurse did her job and took care of this so he didn't have to. That's a, that's a variation of what Adrini just said happened. Uh, in her case, the night nurse didn't do her job, so this guy was mad because the you know, this person was still alive. Folks, that's what you're getting in these hospitals. Ask Scott Schar, ask Annie Quiner. Ask the thousands and thousands of people who have emailed me begging for help. People at remdesivir kills, former feds, all these people who've been fighting all this. Now I want to talk about MAFA, Make Americans Free Again. Thank God MAFA has been helping me. They've been pushing this stuff out. Uh, MAFA has done an incredible job here, and I need people to join MAFA, to start MAFA groups, and to get things going with Make Americans Free Again. MAFA is an incredible group that I support. By the way, I represent MAFA. I work with MAFA. And... Um, and I don't get any money for you joining MAFA. I get paid a flat fee for w- working with MAFA every month, and that doesn't include me advertising. I do that because I believe in it. You know, so what I need to do is I need you guys to get behind that group and to support it because they're one of the honest groups out there pushing this work. They're helping me with a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, so, so make sure you're supporting MAFA, starting MAFA groups, joining MAFA. Uh, yeah, but he says, what can I do? Well, that's one way to do it. Because one of the things that MAFA is doing is they're helping for doctors and nurses and pharmacists who are MAFA members, and you got to be a member, you got to join MAFA and be active in MAFA and contributing. If you're an active and contributing member of MAFA, uh, a lot of times we're trying to help make sure that you get covered if the, if they come after your license, if they come after you for speaking out. So, uh, that's why I bring that up because, uh, you know, Adrini's been through hell, and uh just got to make sure that, that, you know, if there's other people that want to do this, that, that they know there's a place they can go that'll have their back. MAF has been doing that. F- More importantly, folks, uh, I want to make sure that the entirety of this show gets heard everywhere. Uh, I really appreciate Malcolm, the Out Loud Network. Uh, you got the Rens rants uh, on, on Rumble. You've got my sub stack. We've got to get this out everywhere. It's really critical. We have a firsthand witness. We've got all this evidence. It is shocking what we've got. Um, we had to file a lawsuit for religious discrimination because a client couldn't get an exemption, a religious exemption, to, to get the hospital to quit trying to murder people. I, I just, what the hell kind of a world do I live in, folks? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is uh, that I hope you'll support us on TomRens.com. I hope you'll support our sponsors. Get some gold from bh Tell them Ren sent you, especially right now while the banks are melting down. We need some gold and silver. It's, uh, it, it's a rough time at the moment. We'll be right back, folks.
2: America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. And receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo
4: code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. Let me tell you, this is an innovation. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCL. This is a form of hypochlorite. This is a powerful disinfectant uh, that is tried and true. It's for sure kills SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, but many other pathogens, including bacterial as well as uh, mycofungal pathogens, enter the Genesis Fogger. It is a powerful mister. It's a dry mist and it does cleanse the air. It does uh, have a tremendous uh, disinfectant capability for the room. It's used for industrial purposes uh, and elsewhere, but now it's brought to you in your home to better defend you against SARS-CoV-2, the virus, COVID-19, as well as a host of other pathogens. So if you go to uh, the uh, promotional code and enter in out loud, you can receive a discount off of your first purchase. So go to the Genesis Fogger website and take a look at it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America out Loud Talk Radio.
0: Okay, welcome back, folks. Segment number three. Uh, Two segments of nonstop hospitals murdering people, Uh, you know, remdesivir, prevention, early treatment, throwing loved ones out, starving them, dehydrating them. I don't know. Maybe we ought to do something with this. Just a thought. Uh, But it's not just the hospitals. There's a wonderful article today, uh, or was it yesterday? I don't know. But it's in my stack. The discern report. Biggest COVID question, what will happen in 10 years? Well, I can give you a little precursor because we've been talking about this for quite some time. Pretty much uh, immediately after the jabs came out, we started finding out how many lies there were about the jabs. In fact, we actually saw lies occurring before the jabs came out. Uh, In roughly March-ish, March, April-ish, of uh, 2022, uh, we talked about how uh, we had a wonderful whistleblower came forward, and she provided me data from Medicare Medicaid servers. That Medicare data showed that 45,000 had died within uh, uh, three days of the shots, of getting their shots. It showed a massive number of deaths from it. Uh, It indicated a massive spike. There's still videos on it. You'd have to find, look. Uh, I think you'll find on Rumble. There's probably some videos out there of it. I did a speech. Uh, you know, We found 45,000 people dead. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? Well, that's continued. Uh, but the thing that we knew at the time and that we've been talking about ever since was that the real danger was three to five years out and then up through 10 years out. Why is that? Well, these are gene therapy drugs, right? They alter your genetics. And so some of the deaths that these are going to cause are going to take a while to develop. There's a bunch of things in these that we don't know about, but they're very slow working poisons in some cases. I mean, sometimes they kill you right away. Other times they're slow working. But ultimately what they all do is they all do shorten your death or life. They hasten death, much like we've been talking about what's occurring in the hospitals uh, there's just a lot of death being hastened and facilitated through these jabs. Well, this uh, this story, which is a great story, talks about the fact that kids haven't been bothered by COVID, which is true. Prior to the vaccines, there no healthy kids died from COVID. Uh, it talks about the fact that COVID inter- uh, inhibits your interferon pathways. What that means is that they damage your immune system. That's what the jabs do the jabs, they they damage your immune system. Short-term, long-term, they destroy it. Uh, Herd immunity from COVID, well, it may never happen because if you get the jab, well, it's kind of damaged. That that immune system response is damaged. So, uh, you know, we're killing it there. Uh, This story talks about the cancer explosion. Now, when I talked about the cancer explosion during my uh, presentation with Ron Johnson, the Data, I got a whole lot of uh, Ooh, really cancer? Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. Now the interesting thing is, is if you follow a uh, house bill 1169 in Missouri that we're pushing, uh, that would require disclosure of genetic, uh, modification, modifying, uh, data, basically the informed consent bill. Yeah. You know, uh, you'd be required to know that when you get this shot that, it, you know, may well cause cancer. But since that bill is being opposed by the Republicans in Missouri, we don't know that yet. Um, folks we do know though that because that bill is out there the pharma lobbyists are telling the republicans you can't you can't have that because we're gonna have these gene therapies and everything and there's going, going to be cancer vaccines it's going to be cancer vaccines so the gene therapies that are causing cancers are going to suddenly fix it sounds like a snake oil salesman to me right uh you know here take this it'll cause you cancer but we got this to help sell, fix you from it I don't know, folks. The cancer is exploding. We know that that's happening. And the cancer that is exploding is far more aggressive and dangerous, if you've had the shot. Uh, mortality, uh, morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report uh, show, suggests very strongly that the CDC is uh, calling these cancer deaths from the COVID vaccines, COVID deaths. Why? Well, they don't want to call them COVID deaths. They want to cover up the cancer signals. That's a shock wait are you suggesting to me that the cdc is corrupt <laughs> no okay yeah we've got uh, massive increases in excess mortality abnormal clotting issues heart problems uh cancer heart disease stroke uh crazy crazy numbers of people dying. so what do you think is going to happen in 10 years massive die-off this article doesn't even get into the sterility issues We saw that, too. This is going to be one of the most profound events in human history. More people will be dead from this than any other event in history. This will be a genocide, second to no other, and it is a horrifying thing that we're going to see. If you're living with this shot, you're living with a ticking time bomb inside your body, and that's just the way it is, and I pray to God that we find some cures. So, you know, that's wonderful and uplifting news. Uh, Thank you, discern. Uh, Of course, it is, uh, well, fairly shocking what we got going on here with regards to, uh, you know, at the time I'm recording this, nobody has arrested Donald Trump yet. Okay. The fact that I have to say that or consider that as an issue, I don't know, folks. I don't know. The response we're getting is weak. I mean, DeSantis talks a little bit about it. Uh, I'm glad that he at least mentions it. And I understand, you know, they're, they're uh, kind of going at each other. So I understand DeSantis not wanting to promote Trump. But, you know, listen, this is a big deal. And what I don't understand is, whereas I may be able to give DeSantis a little bit of a pass, uh, because you know they're kind of at battle right now, Rona McDaniel's, Rona Romney McDaniel's. Please, come on, the Republican, uh, the head of the Republican Party, can't say something about the guy that's crushing the numbers as as the leading candidate for president for the Republicans. Uh, you remember a few shows ago, folks, we talked about the uh, the Republican Party platform, you know, the one that says that they're going to support Donald Trump? That's still in place, folks. How is it that the chairman of the Republican Party can't follow her own platform? She's a crook. Jim Jordan, he's back in Trump for 2024. That's good. That's an interesting thing. Um, you know, wherever I look... I see, I see this, this same thing. You know, Trump is really, I'm going to be honest with you folks. Like I said, at this point, at the time I'm recording, nobody has arrested Trump yet. If they do, well, I think you can get account at least a 20 to 30 point boost in his numbers. That's for sure. Uh, you know, if I were him, I'd run every election and I could about this, but you know, that's just me. Um, Food shortages. There's a, a nice little article out there by the late prepper. I have no idea who the late prepper is, but uh, you know he's talking about uh, the push for uh, these uh, bugs and lab-grown meat and those sorts of things uh, that are occurring, and also the tax on the food supply. We are down. Uh, it says uh, according to this article. As of January 1st, there will be 89.3 million head of cattle, down 3% from a year ago, and 29 million beef cows bred for slaughter in the United States, down 4% from last year. Total red meat and poultry production in 2023 is forecast to decrease for the first time in nearly a decade. Folks, have any of you noticed the cost of food? I mean, is that an issue for any of you? I got to tell you, for me, I think it's ridiculous. Cost of food for me and my family, and I do, you know, I mean, we, we actually shop for our own groceries and things like that. So we know cost of food is out of control, milk, eggs, all this stuff. What do you think is going to happen when they decrease production? Well, it's going to keep going up. Why are they decreasing production? Is anybody asking that? Anybody asking that? Why, why is it that we are, uh, decreasing production? Quote, this is due to the 6% decline in beef production that more than offsets for the increase, 2% in pork, broiler meat, 1%, and turkey, 7%. Now, remember, these these folks, the, the different amounts of these, right? So 6% decline in beef is much more weight-wise. You can do some math there if you want. Um Huge decrease. I love steak, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want Bill Gates' crap meat from his crap uh, laboratory. I want steak. I want a dead cow on my plate. I cannot eat enough dead cows. And I want them to be dead cows, not fake dead cows, not lab-grown dead cows. I want a dead cow, something that used to moo, and I want it on my plate. That's what I want to eat. You know... The fact of the matter is, is that there's a lot of garbage in here, but there's no real good explanation for why this is happening. Why are we decreasing food production? Does not that seem like a bad idea in light of how much food costs are going up in light of the fact that the only actual resource that America produces is, is agriculture? We're not allowed to mine for anything. We're not allowed to get any metal from the ground. We're not allowed to drill for any oil. We're not allowed to do anything. The only thing we, pr- we'd have no factories here anymore. The only thing we produce is food. We get rid of that too. Sure. looks like it. I don't know. I mean, you know, that plus, uh, the, the continued air, cr- airplane crashes and the, uh, into the food processing plants and fires at the food processing plants, other such as, I just don't know folks. It's hard to believe that this is just one giant coincidence. Uh, but yeah, you know, who am I? Um, folks, the war on free speech. Okay. The war on free speech. So, the war on free speech is a real issue and it's something that we're dealing with. And I want to jump into it a little bit, not because I'm prompted to by any article, but because I'm doing some work on this, right? So as we talked about Adrini and uh, what she faced as a, as a pharmacist and as a whistleblower coming forward about the hospitals, murdering people, as we talk about, you know, the, the massive number of deaths that we're seeing from these vaccines. You know, we get another headline, uh, Ed Dowd. Uh, Ed Dowd presents irrefutable evidence of vaccine mandates killed and disabled people. Okay. Um, and I'm glad, I like Ed Dowd. Ed Dowd is a good guy, smart guy. He's does a great job, and he's done a great job of getting the word out, right? Here's the thing. I think I mentioned a little bit ago, March or so, of over a year ago, I was talking about these vaccines killing people. We had numbers, we had a whistleblower. Uh, yesterday, or was it yesterday? One of the previous shows that we did, we talked about masking and some of the stuff that they've lied about on that. Talked about the lockdowns. We've talked about, you know, the, they were never necessary. We talk about the fact that they lied about the death counts from COVID to scare people into wearing masks and doing other stupid things all of this information that's coming out now is not information that wasn't out. It's information that you're just now hearing because we've broken through a lot of the censorship walls. Twitter allowing anything even close to free speech has been monumental, absolutely monumental. Now they still shadow ban and, and uh, I mean, I by no means is something that I put on Twitter open and out there, but, but, Elon Musk has done a good job of helping to let a lot, let it get out a lot farther than it would. Right? I mean, there's still a ton of people that aren't going to see what we have to say, but we're getting a lot farther than we would have otherwise. And yeah, that's you know, my Twitter count's growing fairly consistently. It's not huge, but it's continuing to grow. Um, this is a good thing. This is this is free speech at work. But it's a hell of a fight, right? I mean, this is this is unbelievable. But And the thing is, it's worse, is that it shouldn't be such a fight, right? This wouldn't be happening but for the government pushing it. We know, we've seen from the Twitter files, we've seen from elsewhere, you know, the federal government is actively involved in pushing censorship. They're, they're actively partnering and pushing these companies to censor anything they don't like or that's politically not tenable. So you have government-sponsored censorship which is illegal and unconstitutional. But that's censorship is the reason that we're in this situation. You wouldn't have had all this. You would have heard about the deaths from the jabs. You would have heard about the lockdowns. You would have heard about all of this stuff. Hunter Biden's laptop, Russia collusion hoax, all of these different things that you're hearing about. It's all stuff that's been out there, but you didn't hear about it. Fox News is barely better than CNN. They don't share most of the stuff. I mean, every now and then you can get on there. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get on there. I still try. I still try now and then. I mean, they, you, they've had a, a ban against me for quite some time. But, you know, these guys uh, that are finding all this new information that many of you are just now hearing about isn't new. It isn't new. We've been talking about it for years. And but for the censorship, we would have known. And I think we got to ask ourselves some things, right? Let's start with COVID first, the origins. If the scientists had known that this was made in a lab, if that wasn't censored, if Fauci wasn't successful in censoring and, uh, and fraudulently pushing these guys to do that proximal origins paper and all that other nonsense, what do you th- how do you think this whole thing would have been different? Well, I mean, we would have had the access to the lab information and the knowledge about the disease. We would have found out that, hey, it's not all that deadly. And it doesn't spread really that much faster than anything else. We would have known for sure that masks are garbage. We would have known for sure lockdowns will never do anything, and neither will social distancing or anything else. Would have saved our economy. Things would have been substantially different as a nation. We wouldn't have the inflation or the trillions of dollars we've had to spend on various things. Everything would have been different had the truth came out. Now, I talked about the truth from day one. I put the information out. I shared the information. We knew about the lies about lockdowns and COVID deaths before they locked us down. I wrote about it. It's been a lie from the beginning, folks, but you didn't hear about it because of censorship. What about the vaccines? If you'd known how many people were going to die so, died suddenly, would you've gotten these? How about your kids? Would you've let your kids get them? Would you have spoken out a little bit louder? Would you have fought a little bit harder if you'd known the truth? Of course you would have. Of course you would have. And so would a lot of other people. The problem is, is that no one knew the truth because of censorship. We got to stop it, folks. Got to stop it. Okay, I need you to support me on TomRens.com. Go to BH-PM.com. Tell them ren sent you and buy some gold. Uh, by the way, if you aren't going to the Reawakening Tour, buy. Some, go to the theTimeToFreeAmerica.com and get a ticket to that. That is a wonderful event. I'm really looking forward to Miami. Um, but support us. Get on our sub stack. We need some donations. Go to the give, send, go. Uh, help us, help us, help us. Also help us with this network. Buy some Cofix and a Genesis HOCL. Genesis HOCL kills germs in the air. Cofix kills them in your sinuses. If you use them together, it makes you better. You need both of these products. They prevent illness from spreading through your house, and they help you get over it. Use Outloud Code at checkout. Buy both products. They're spectacular. Click on the banner ad. Use Outloud Code at checkout. Thank you for listening. We will be back very soon.